The following podcast was made possible by the sponsorship of Teresa Leong Lee and by Catholic Digital Resources, where you can find downloadable faith formation resources and evangelization tools. Visit Catholic Digital Resources at CatholicDR.com to build your own faith and the faith of others. That's CatholicDR.com. Good News Ministries of GNM.org presents Footsteps to Heaven. Life's a journey full of challenges. Sometimes we get stalled. Sometimes we get sidetracked. When we walk with Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to the destination that God the Father designed for us, the results are better than we could ask for or imagine. And now, here is your host, Terry Modica. Who have you been praying for that has left the faith? Who are you concerned about? Who do you love dearly, but you've got pain, you've got suffering because you are watching them destroy their lives. You're watching them live the life without Christ that you know they need. You're watching them be enslaved by the devil in sin, maybe in addictions, uh, bad decisions, uh, whatever. And you're concerned about them. Of course, you're even suffering because your concern for them is so great. And in that, you have been praying. And I have some good news to share with you today. I want you to know that Christ has already won the victory for these people that you are concerned about. Christ already is working a plan. Christ has been hearing your prayers. Christ has been united to God the Father with the Holy Spirit. All of God is working to answer your prayers for your loved ones. And I'm going to share with you in this episode how I know that and how you can be sure of that. First, let me share with you a story. Many years ago, a woman came to me for spiritual direction. And one of the issues she was dealing with was that her daughter, who by now was married and had her own kids, wanted nothing to do with her, had turned away from her. We'll call her Sarah, just to give her a name. So Sarah said that, you know, one of her greatest sorrows and sufferings was that her daughter rejected her. And I said to her, God is a God of reconciliation. God definitely has a plan to reconcile your daughter with you. Now, Sarah had been doing what she could to reach out to her daughter and was constantly being rejected. Well, sure enough, eventually the two of them did reconcile. This was many years ago and they still have a good relationship now. But one of the key ingredients that made me sure that God was going to work a plan of reconciliation in their lives was that Sarah's daughter was a Christian. Sarah had raised her daughter in the faith and her daughter still had a prayer life, still had a personal relationship with Jesus, still was active in that faith, which I knew made it much more easier for the Holy Spirit to get through to her. That's what was needed for her mind to be changed 
in favor of reconciling with her mother. But what if you have someone in your life who has turned away from Christ, who doesn't have the Holy Spirit in their life active enough for them to hear the Holy Spirit say, hey, you need to change the direction of your life. You need to turn back to Christ. You need to turn back to your family. Or maybe it's a friend that you're concerned about. And you're waiting for the Holy Spirit to say, hey, reconcile with your friend. And most importantly to us, right, is reconcile with Jesus. It just so happens that God has a plan for even those who are not listening to him. If that person ever, ever had a relationship with Jesus, if they ever knew how to hear Jesus, if they ever were baptized, for example, if, if it's a grown child of yours that we're talking about, if you had that child baptized, they have special graces in them, even if they're not acting on those graces at this moment. If that person ever was able to recognize the voice of Jesus, if that person ever had faith, that's all that Jesus needs. And that's all that you need, my friend, to rest assured that God has a victory planned and lined up. And someday this person or these people that you've been so concerned about are going to have their conversion, are going to turn back to Christ and reconcile with you, reconcile with the people in their lives that God wants them to have relationships with. Let me share with you a scripture that assures us of this because, you know, you know, the foundation of every hope that we have that we can rest assured on, hope is, is not just wishful thinking, you know, hope is a solid confidence that God's will will be done. And hope is based on what scripture tells us God's will is. So let me share with you two particular scriptures among many. The first one I'd like to read to you is from John chapter 6, verse 39 and 40. Jesus is saying, This is the will of the one who sent me, referring to God the Father. This is the will of the one who sent me, that I should not lose anything of what he gave me. I should not lose anyone who the Father has given to me, but that I should raise it, raise him or her, on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I shall raise him or her on the last day. So, you may be asking, that's the will of the Father, but the person that I'm concerned about is not believing in Jesus. So how is he going to have eternal life? How can I be sure that this person is going to have eternal life? This person right now is in mortal sin. They have turned their backs on Jesus. They have consciously rejected Jesus and chosen a life of sin. The devil has gotten a hold of them. The devil has enslaved them. And, you know, I think the worst, hardest cases are when the enslavement is the occult because this 
deals with supernatural powers that are counterfeits of God, and it sucks people in to, if not outright possession, then certainly oppression and suppression, suppressing their faith life. The way demons work is to find a vulnerability in a person, and scripture tells us that Satan prowls around the world seeking the ruin of souls, right? He is constantly looking for your vulnerabilities to take advantage of, and he's constantly looking for the vulnerabilities of everybody. Just like everyone is assigned a guardian angel, Satan assigns a demon to each person in order to pull that person away from Christ. And the way they work is they, they watch for vulnerabilities and they take advantage of them. This is why Ephesians 6 tells us to wear the full armor of God. Read Ephesians 6. I'm not going to take time to do that right now. But read Ephesians 6 to see what that armor consists of and make sure you are wearing it every day. In a nutshell, the armor of God is God's grace. When we are in a state of grace, we are protected from the wickedness and snares of the devil. We are protected from temptations. Not that we don't give in to temptations, because we have free will. Grace does not stop us from choosing to do things differently than God's plan. Because we're not saints yet, we are saints in the making. A Christian is a saint already, yes, but we are learning how to live out our sainthood. And this is why the church gives us sacraments. The sacrament of confession fills us with supernatural grace. And the act of being humble to go to confession fills us with grace as well. Receiving Jesus in the Holy Eucharist fills us with grace, especially if we've used the entire Mass consciously, participating in it in such a way as to take full benefit of it. That means we're there for the gathering song at the beginning of Mass, which is the beginning of the healing process, where we are becoming united to people on the way to becoming united to Christ. That's why we sing together. It's part of that unity. And I have a whole other podcast series that that really goes into each of the parts of the Mass and how that works. So please come to the website footstepstoheaven.com to avail yourself of that series. For now, think about this. When you use the penitential rite at Mass, if you've got venial sins, and you're consciously repenting of that during Mass, then by the time you receive Jesus in the Eucharist, you are receiving the fullness of grace again. We need to stay in a state of grace and constantly come back to it every time we fail to live in that state of grace, every time we depart from it, so that our prayers are more effective and so that we are less vulnerable to what demons want to do to capture us. And, you know, we all have areas that we are vulnerable to. We all do sins every day. We are saints who are learning how to live out our sainthood. And we keep falling, we keep failing. But we need to just simply get up and say, I am sorry, Lord, help me to learn from this what you want me to learn. Help me to not do this again. And then we go to the sacrament of confession, which gives us special graces to resist that sin. When we are in that state of grace, we are also aware of, more keenly, those who are not in the state of grace 
And we're more aware of being concerned for them because we know the benefit of being in a state of grace. And we know that they are enslaved to the devil. And we know that if they have reject of Christ, they are in mortal sin, in danger of hell instead of the eternal life that Christ promises. But getting back to the hope, let me read again from John chapter 6, verses 39 and 40. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. But those who have rejected Christ, let's see what Jesus says that will give us hope about that. Let's turn now to John chapter 10, verses 27 through 29. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And anyone who is a follower of Christ is a sheep, right? Everyone who has ever put themselves into the sheepfold of Christ, anyone who has ever freely chosen to worship Christ, to belong to Christ, to be one of the fold. If you have, for example, a grown child who at, in his childhood or her childhood was alive in the faith. Yes, a childlike faith. Yes, a faith that you guided them in. Yes, a faith that they thought that they had to have because you were their example. You taught them this. Their faith, even if it was the faith that you gave them and they didn't take full ownership of it yet, it was a genuine faith. It was the faith of a child. And you know what Jesus said about children. Children have purer faith than adults do. You need to rely on the faith that your loved ones had when they did believe in Jesus. You know, and maybe in some other episode, I will talk about those that, um, that never believed in Jesus and how to pray for their conversion. But right now, I want to stay focused on those who at some point did know how to hear the voice of the shepherd. Because this is what Jesus is giving us hope for right now today in this, these verses from John chapter 10. I give them eternal life. This is from verse 28. And they shall never perish. And here's the most important part for right now. No one can take them out of my hand. No one can take them out of my hand, Jesus says. That means that even when they leave the sheepfold, they are still in the hands of Jesus. Even when the wolf comes in to destroy, even when demons find their vulnerabilities and convince them, work in their minds to tell them lies and make them believe the lies so that they don't want to follow Christ, and they don't want to have a relationship, a good, loving relationship with you because you do love Christ. Regardless of what demons do, Jesus still has them in his hands. Jesus still has your loved ones in his hands. Let me read that again. I give them eternal life if they've ever followed my voice. I give them eternal life no one can take them out of my hand. And then verse 39, my father who has given them to me, when you had your child baptized or when the person that you've been praying for in some way had Christ in his life, had God 
the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in his or her life, God the Father has them securely and gives them to Jesus. And Jesus says, my Father who has given them to me is greater than all, greater than every demon, greater than Satan. Satan is not the opposite of God. Satan is merely the the opposite of the highest archangel, but not higher than Jesus, not higher than the Blessed Mother Mary, who was full of grace, not higher than every single saint in heaven. Every single person who has reached the fullness of heaven is higher in rank and hierarchy than the devil himself. Which is why when you ask saints to help you pray for your loved ones, Satan doesn't have a chance. My father who has given them to me, Jesus says, is greater than all and no one can take them out of the father's hands. No one. Now it may look like Satan has taken them out of the father's hands, but that's a lie that Satan wants you to believe. The truth is what I just read in scripture. The lie that Satan wants you to believe is that you should worry because this person is in mortal sin and is in danger of going to hell and your prayers will never be answered. But here's the truth, my friend. Here's what the devil doesn't want you to know. And believe me, the devil's been working. Some demon has been assigned to you to convince you to feel hopeless about your loved ones who you've been praying for, especially if you've been doing it for a long time. The truth is, not only what I just read to you in scripture, that no one can take them out of the Father's hands, but a bigger, more important truth, or let's say an underlying truth to all of this. God is allowing it to look like Satan has them. Because God has a greater purpose in mind for them. God has something very special planned. Satan is deathly afraid of what God has planned for those people who once belonged to Christ, but now are behaving as if they, they hate Christ. They, they want nothing to do with Christ. God makes good come from everything. Romans 8.28, all things work together for the good who lo- of those who love the Lord. The person you're praying for isn't loving the Lord right now, but you are. And your prayers for them, your interceding for them counts a lot. And God is working a plan, a plan for their good. And more than that, a plan for the good of his kingdom, his entire kingdom, a plan that will benefit not only your loved ones who have left the faith, but a plan that will benefit others and a plan that will benefit the entire kingdom of God, because that's the way God works. Every trial that we go through, God makes good come from it. Every trial has a lesson to learn We grow in holiness by paying attention to the lessons that we are supposed to learn, what God is trying to teach us in every trial that we go through, including your trial, your suffering of watching your loved ones uh, reject Christ and live a life of sin. Every trial, God brings important things out of, the first of which 
is a lesson to learn that increases our holiness. And then he increases the holiness of others and brings others who have never met Christ to conversion through the victory that he wins after the lesson has been learned. For example, think of a time when you went through a trial, you learned something from it, and God used that to help somebody else. Your trial and your victory over it became a ministry that helped somebody else. This is the way God always works. And this is the way God is working a plan. This is what God has in mind for your loved ones who have rejected at this time in their life the truth, the faith, the relationship with Christ. God is using this. He is allowing demons to pull them away from Christ in order to make their faith stronger than it would have been if they had never left the faith. And so strong that it will bring others to Christ and make a bigger difference in the kingdom of God. God allows Satan to do his work. God is bigger than Satan. God does not have to let Satan do a thing, but he carefully plans what he's going to allow Satan to do and each individual demon to do because he is working a greater plan. And the demons know this and they don't want you to know it. And the demons are afraid of it. And the demons will fight every way they know how to make the truth not be true. But God's truth never changes. God's truth is the hardest substance of the universe. Think of a diamond and how unbreakable it is. But yet it can be chiseled in just the right way so that its shape is changed. Well, the truth is the strongest substance in the universe. It's way stronger than diamonds. It cannot be changed. It cannot be chiseled away and become less or different than it was before. The truth is the truth. And the truth is, if your loved one ever followed Christ, he is in the Father's hands, and the Father has given this loved one or these loved ones to Jesus. And Jesus is not going to lose that person. Even if it's on the person's deathbed that their turnaround happens, and that does happen sometimes. But let me assure you, my friend, all of your prayers for it to happen way sooner than the person's deathbed, your prayers do make a difference. Your prayers are being heard. Your prayers are united to the prayers of Jesus. Jesus is a mediator. Jesus is praying for your loved ones right along with you. And Jesus is the shepherd who goes after the lost sheep and never quits following that sheep until the sheep finally turns around and says, I've had enough. I need something better than this. Where is the Jesus that I used to believe in? Is he real? Is he willing to forgive me? Why do you think Jesus gave us the parable of the prodigal son? We all have prodigals in our lives that we're concerned about. Jesus gave us a vision of the future when he gave us that parable. Count on it, my friend. This is a vision for the future in your life, for those that you've been praying for. You will see God work mightily in this person's life. No matter how long it takes, do not give up. Do not give up on the truth. Do not let 
the devil convince you that he is going to win this battle. He's not. He's already lost. When you pray in the name of Jesus for this person, in the power of Jesus's victory over the devil that he won on the cross, where Jesus took your loved one's sins to the cross, your loved ones that have been rejecting Christ have been conquered on the cross already, including the sins they haven't yet committed. When you rely on that and you ask Jesus to cover your loved one with his precious blood, the victory is won. It was even won before you started praying. So remember this. God is saying to you, my friend, about the trial that your loved ones are going through in their separation from Christ. God is saying to you, it is good. It is good that they are going through this trial because of what God has planned for them on the other side of it. So let's pray together now for them. But first we will pray for yourself. Do this prayer with me, asking the Holy Spirit to fill your life more fully so that you can more easily live in the truth and not be fooled by Satan's lies and his discouragement and and everything else that has been interfering with your hope regarding the loved ones that you've been praying for. Pray this prayer with me because this is a very important prayer. And I, I recommend that you pray this prayer with your hands open as a position of receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Come Holy Spirit, fill me. Come Holy Spirit, renew me. Come Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of truth. Speak your, your truth to me. Come Holy Spirit, help me to hear your truth. Come Holy Spirit, help me to be filled with your grace. Come Holy Spirit, you have my permission to change me. Amen. And now let's pray for your loved ones. Father God, you hold these people who are being brought to mind right now by those who who are listening to this podcast. You hold them in your hands. You won't let go. It is your will that they spend eternity with you. It is your will to show victory over Satan. It is your will to show the world your great power over all of Satan's tactics and tricks and enslavements and what look like victories. Your desire, your will, is that the testimony of these people's lives will reveal your victory over Satan so that we can do more than just rely on scripture and what we read about and know about with Jesus's victory on the cross, but we can see it lived out in our loved ones and others will see it too. We thank you, Lord God, for this victory that you have planned. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Terry Modica of Good News Ministries. For more faith builders or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website at gnm.org. You'll find online resources and lots more to help you know the Father's love and grow closer to Christ and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Visit gnm.org today.